Welcome back to another episode of Beards of Prey, where we try to bridge the gap. Thanks again for joining us, and peace be upon you wherever you may be. So, a few weeks ago, I talked about how negative news always sells, and how we should try to change the narrative, and we should try to highlight good news and good stories. So I thought it would be maybe cool to do that myself. There's a quote that I think is very powerful, which is, be the change you want to see. So I was thinking maybe from now on, I would start every recording with a piece of good news. So the first inspiring story or good news that I'd like to share is a story I read a couple of days ago about a man named Chris Nykick. And he became the first person with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman. And he said that the doctors and professionals, everybody had said that he couldn't do it. He wouldn't be able to do it. And he said after he finished it, which was in Panama, he said that, and I quote, so I said, doctors, experts, you need to stop doing this to me. You're wrong. So in case we don't know, I myself had to Google this. An Ironman is a competition that consists of a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bicycle ride, and a 26.2 mile marathon. And you have to finish that in under 17 hours, I believe. So he became the first person with Down syndrome to do that. This is an incredible feat for anybody, I think, who's capable of doing that. And the fact that he did it against all odds is very inspiring and, and a lesson for us that we can beat the odds and we can, and we can achieve what we want to achieve if we work hard at it. So let's hope that we can continue to share inspiring, inspirational, motivational stories, good news, and bring more positivity around the world. The topic of today, I actually had a lot of fun researching about this. I thought it would be cool to maybe highlight some prominent Muslims around the world because as we know, usually when we hear about Muslims in the media, it's usually negative. And I mentioned last week about Khabib Nurmagomedov. I'm just going to talk a bit about his life and uh, about his achievements because he is a practicing Muslim and he's vocal about the fact that he's Muslim. And after his win, a lot of uh, the Muslim world has been excited that, you know, one of their own has uh, made it to the top. He was already at the top, but one of their own has defended his title. Anyways, though, so he just uh, recently retired. And the reason he retired, he said that his father passed away in July from uh, COVID. Our condolences to him. And he had promised his mother that he would retire after his next fight. His father actually wanted him to go 30-0, and 0, but uh, he said that he wants to respect the wishes of his mother, which, if you bring it back to faith, uh, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, paradise lies under the feet of your mother. And uh, there's just a quote that I found online. So Habib said that there's nothing else important to me than being clear with Allah, with God. And being clear with Allah is the number one hardest thing in life. If I fight and I become famous, now I can talk to people more. I can say, do this and do this. I can say, do this, this and this, because a lot of people are watching. I want to be a good example, a good role model. You have to be a champion outside of the cage too. This is my goal. So this is pretty cool, his quote, you know, so he mentions that for him, the, the most important thing is to be clear with God. And I think this is uh, the case with a lot of people. We can often get caught up in our worldly lives and our schedules, and it may be difficult to balance our spirituality and our other commitments. And this is also why last week I mentioned that Islam teaches moderation, that there are different aspects of your life that you should keep in balance. I think at the end, I like what he said. He said that you have to be a champion outside of the cage too. So this is also, if you look at, if you link this back to Islam, the Holy Prophet Muhammad also said that the person who's strong is not the one who can beat others in wrestling. The person 
who can control his anger is the one who is strong. Uh, so yeah, as, as I said, Khabib, Muslim, he doesn't fight around Ramadan, which is the Muslim month of fasting. And there's a cool incident that I thought was uh, cool of his. In uh, There was a video game made by EA, which is a video game company, a video game on UFC. And his character in the game, as like a taunt or not a taunt, but as a gesture, he makes the gesture of the cross. So when this happened, Khabib reached out to the game or to the company, I mean, and he said that he asked him to change it because he said that I'm not a Christian, I'm a Muslim, and I don't want um, this gesture to be a part of my character. And if those of us who have seen his fights, after he wins, he goes down on the floor and he does sajda, he does prostration because that's his way of, I guess, showing thankfulness. But Khabib, during this incident, he mentioned, he said that I have nothing against Christians. Every man in this life has his own way and my way is Islam. And then he mentioned also that about, about, uh, about the developers, he said that, let's be honest, everyone makes mistakes and I'm not holding a grudge. So regardless of whether we're religious or not, this is a good example because the first thing he said that we all have our own paths and his is Islam. And this is also what we are trying to explain that everyone, it's cool if everyone has their own paths. It's not going to stop us from getting along. And then secondly, he said that we all make mistakes. I don't think there's a single person in the world that can say that they don't make a mistake. If they do say that, they're lying. So he being at the top level and being an icon, he said that I'm not going to hold a grudge. Everybody makes mistakes. And this is a good example for us to follow. So I also found a video. I don't know if it's real or not, but it looks pretty real to me of uh, Habib as a child and he's wrestling a bear. And I'll link the video in the description of this podcast. So they say that when he was a kid, he used to fight with bears. Obviously, it's a small bear, so it's not like a giant bear or anything, but uh, still pretty cool. And it's probably not a wild bear or anything, but I think still a pretty intense video. Shows how beast he is. And I probably should have said this in the beginning, but Khabib Nurmagomedov is from Russia, and he's from the region of Dagestan, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, primarily a Muslim area. So, And uh, his role or his fighting has also encouraged other people from that area to take the sport on also. So Khabib Nurmagomedov is a great example for us today to highlight the Muslim image. He's made it to the top of his sport and he's not shy to mention his faith. You know, sometimes we may feel that if we want to get ahead, we have to kind of hide our faith or we have to hide uh, not just Islam, but in general, people don't like to talk about religion, you know, but uh, civil discourse is, I think, in my opinion, very important to healthy advancement whether that's on religion or on sports or whatever, we should be open to discussion without getting angry at one another. Moving on. I thought I should start with probably the greatest Muslim athlete of our time, Cassius Clay, a.k.a. No, sorry, I should say Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Cassius Clay, which was his birth name. He changed it to Muhammad Ali after he uh, converted to Islam. He is if not the GOAT, for sure, a top three boxer of our time, of history, Olympic champion. And his story is not just inspirational as a Muslim, but his story is very inspirational for anybody who wants to learn about the divide and injustice that has happened in the fat, uh, sorry, that has happened in the past. And when I say past, I'm not saying three, 400 years ago, I'm saying 40, 50, 60 years ago. You know, Muhammad Ali, he mentions that he came back from the Olympics, an Olympic champion. He mentions how he wasn't able to eat in a restaurant in his hometown because of segregation. He says that the woman told him that we don't serve black people. And uh, in the interview, he says that I don't want to eat them either 
I just want to eat food. But uh, so he mentions that, you know, in his hometown, after being an Olympic champion, he was not able to eat in a restaurant of his choice. And he is very famously known for avoiding being drafted into the Vietnam War. And one of the reasons he said is that the people in Vietnam aren't racist to me. The people in Vietnam don't stop me from eating in restaurants. So he said, you know, I have no issue with the people of Vietnam. Why should I go fight them? The second thing he said also, which is important, he said that Islam doesn't allow us to go and attack other nations. Islam only allows war in defense. And so because of this, he, um, I don't know all the details of what happened, but I do know that he was stripped of his world titles, world championship titles, because he refused to go to war. And then I, I believe, I believe eventually he got them back in like a, a court case or something. So there's another incident of his, he has a Hollywood star and Hollywood stars usually, there's a street, I'm guessing it's Hollywood Boulevard and there's names of people on the sidewalk. And as you walk, you can see all the names. So Muhammad Ali's name is on the wall. And the reason for this, he said that he doesn't want people to walk on the name of Muhammad because he said that this is the name of our prophet, peace be upon him. And I don't want people's shoes to be walking over it. So his star is on the wall um, in the area. I've never been there, so I don't know exactly where, but uh, you know, him again, being at the top of the world, he didn't shy away from explaining that he's Muslim. He said that according to my faith, I don't want this name to be disrespected. So Muhammad Ali, and this is, I'm reading this from Wikipedia. So it says that in 1972, he went to Mecca to do the Hajj, to do the pilgrimage. And it said that it inspired him in a similar manner to Malcolm X, meeting people of different colors from all over the world, giving him a different outlook and a greater spiritual awareness. In 1977, he said that after he retired, he would dedicate the rest of his life to getting ready to meet God by helping people, charitable causes, uniting people and helping make peace. So Malcolm X also is a very big symbol. Hopefully we can talk about him in the future. If you haven't, you should definitely read his autobiography. So a couple of important things here. He says that meeting people from different colors around the world inspired him. And this is important because this is one of my goals as well to encourage people, not just online, but wherever you may be to meet people from different backgrounds. So we understand and realize how similar we actually are and our beliefs and our differences don't need to put us at ends. The second thing is that Muhammad Ali, in the name of his religion, he dedicated his life to serve God after his retirement. So he was doing humanitarian work in the name of Islam. Unfortunately, today, the only work in the name of Islam we hear about is violence and terrorism. But there's millions of people around the world, like I said a couple weeks ago, that do humanitarian work in the name of Islam, but it's not ever referred to as Islamic humanitarian work. And you know, Muhammad Ali, I keep changing between Muhammad and Muhammad. So I'm, I'm just used to saying Muhammad Ali because I've been hearing him my whole life. So Muhammad Ali, he's also spoken against Muslims who commit terrorism. And he said that, and again, I quote, we as Muslims have to stand up to those who use Islam to advance their own personal agenda. And that political leaders should use their position to bring understanding about the religion of Islam and clarify that these misguided murderers have perverted people's views on what Islam really is. So he should be an inspiration to us. And we also, whether we are Muslim or not, should try to bridge the gap between people and try to call towards civil dialogue so that we can remove any misunderstandings that may be on either sides of the scope.
Today, unfortunately, people often highlight the United States, but I would say around the world, there's a lot of injustice happening. And recently, a lot of NBA players have started to speak up, especially I would say one of the most vocal is LeBron James. And, you know, this year, the NBA also, because the reopening of the season coincided with the death, sorry, the murder of George Floyd and the NBA, basically the theme was Black Lives Matter. So a lot of athletes are being more vocal and stuff. Colin Kaepernick as well is very famous for refusing to stand during the anthem during football games. So Muhammad Ali was basically, if not the first, one of the first to take a stand on political issues. So there's a quote that I found in the New York Times. Ali's actions changed my standard of what constituted an athlete's greatness. Possessing a killer jump shot, possessing a killer jump shot or the ability to stop on a dime was no longer enough. What were you doing for the liberation of your people? What were you doing to help your country live up to the covenant of its founding principles? Honestly, there's so much to talk about Muhammad Ali, and uh, I don't think I can talk enough about him. He's an international icon known around the world. I'm going to end with a quote from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was also one of the greatest basketball players of all time, who is also a Muslim. He said that, I remember the teachers at my high school didn't like Ali because he was so anti-establishment and he kind of thumbed his nose at authority and got away with it. The fact that he was proud to be a black man and that he had so much talent made some people think that he was dangerous. But for those very reasons, I enjoyed him. So there's a lot that can be said. There's a lot that can be taken from this quote. I don't want to get into it right now, but it's definitely a quote that can be the subject of uh, future discussions. So Muhammad Ali passed away on June 3rd, 2016, at the age of 74 years old. And it says that he focused on practicing his Islamic duty of charity and good deeds, donating millions to charity organizations and disadvantaged people of all religious backgrounds. It is estimated that Ali helped to feed more than 22 million people afflicted by hunger across the world. In his early career, one of his main focuses was youth education. I could do probably multiple episodes on the importance of feeding the poor and on education in uh, Islam, but that's not the purpose of this podcast nor of this episode. I'm just trying to highlight the fact that while we focus so much on the negative image of Muslims around the world, we have many examples of people, even international icons, who did great things because of their faith. And their faith was a large part of their image, even when they were successful. So I've given only two examples. Um, but I would definitely love to talk more about other athletes, especially because I'm a big fan of the NBA. There's a number of Muslim current and past basketball players who used to openly and do openly practice. And uh, I would like to talk about them as well in the future. For now, I'm going to end this. And so when it comes to Islam and me being a practicing Muslim living in Canada, I see negative comments around Islam and Muslims almost on a daily basis. And I do my best to try to answer the people and try to clarify. And so what I'm trying to do with this podcast also is to build a platform of dialogue and of communication for Muslims and for non-Muslims. And I think one way of doing this is by talking about and highlighting the good things that Muslims have done. And this is in no way to try to brag and say that, look at these guys, they're amazing because they're Muslim. Because, you know, we can find great examples of people from every faith. It's just to show that because we focus so much on groups of terrorism who may do it in the name of Islam while not understanding Islam at all, instead of focusing on them, 
we should highlight prominent Muslims who have done positive things around the world so that we can shift from the negative side to the positive side. And I hope we will be successful in doing this. I don't think it's an easy task, but I think if we can work together on it, we may do this. So in the end, feel free to drop us a like and leave your comments at beardsofprey at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and have an excellent